Hi, everyone. You're listening to Who I Met Today, and I'm your host, Pam Lamp. I'm all about doing one tiny new thing every single day. And on this podcast, I invite you to come along with me and discover something new through conversations with people from all walks of life. I hope you enjoy listening to these interviews and exploring new territory with me. For more people stories and episodes, please visit my website, whoimettoday.com. I'm delighted to have two guests joining me today. Sandy Lucas and Sarah Eilers are the design dynamos heading up Lucas Eilers Design Associates, the highly sought-after residential design firm in Houston, Texas. Sandy and Sarah work on projects nationwide, have won numerous accolades, and are frequently featured in national publications. I can't wait to talk with them today. Hi, Sandy and Sarah. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks for having us, Pam. Thank you, Pam. Now, I know that you two just got back recently from a wonderful design adventure in Paris. It looked from your social media feeds like a very glamorous experience. Did you have a great time? We did have a wonderful time. We have started going to Deco Off in Paris. They started having it about I think 12 years ago, and it's where all of the fabric and wallpaper manufacturers from all over the world introduce their new spring collection. So we've gone for the last four or five years, and it's quite a treat to do that. And then Maison Nobjet is the furniture market, which goes on at the same time. And then we ran over to the flea market, of course, while we're there. So it was a great trip. Well, I would have loved to have tagged along with you on that. I have no plans to remodel my home anytime soon, but I think it's always fun to dream. And I love to look through magazines or online at photos of the beautiful homes and rooms and all the ideas I might consider if money was no object at all. And I'm excited that you two are here today to share with us some of the hottest and the most lovely current design trends. But before we dive into that, Sarah, could you give us a cocktail version of how you and Sandy formed Lucas Eilers? I definitely will. So Sandy and I met quite a few years ago at the University of Texas in Austin. We were both interior design majors and both in the same sorority. We were thetas together. We both ended up working at the Bryan Design Associates for 15 years. And in 1995, we left and formed Lucas Eilers Design Associates. So it's been a long, fun ride. And we are at this point, Pam, 11 designers or 11 total. 12. Oh, wow. Is that correct, Sandy? Is that, I'm always counting. <laughs> yes, yes. Total of 12 in the office, seven designers, including us. Yes. And you're located in the Decorative Center in Houston. Is that correct? Yes, we've been here for almost five years, and it's really great. It was a hard move, but it was one that was well worth it. We have all the resources here. It's very easy during a client meeting, said, oh, let's just go upstairs and look at that piece in person, or let's, you get a small fabric swatch and you get to go to the showroom and see the full wing. So it's been really beneficial for us and our clients. So you two have been in business almost 30 years, and I love looking at the different projects that you've had over the years. 
the timeless decor and your meticulous attention to detail. And I can put in the show notes your social media information and your website so that if people want to look at the spaces, they can. And then, of course, there's your book, Expressive Interiors. How did that come to be? Well, I have always wanted to write a book. I love to write. Sarah is not as as fond of writing as I am, but (laughs) I think because I taught at the Art Institute, I taught design and drafting at the Art Institute when my children were young, it just was sort of a natural progression that I am so passionate about the principles and the elements of design and the process of design that I just have always wanted to record that to paper. So I finally convinced Sarah, her youngest child finally graduated from college and we both had the time to invest in it. So it was a great experience. I think it just like when I went back to teach, it really makes you analyze all of the things that you've learned over, you know, I've been doing this for, I hate to even say 45 years, but I love to do this because I still learn something new every day. And I just have always wanted to put some of those things that I've learned over the years in a book. So we had a great time, great time doing it. Well, it's a beautiful book. And you've done everything from family homes, to beach houses, to New York City apartments, to ski country homes, to Texas ranches, and projects all across the country. Sarah, do you have an individual area of expertise or a type of design that you gravitate toward? Interesting question. Let's see. I love new construction, ground up, but I also love renovation. And renovation gives you, I think, a lot of ability to show your creativity and you've got some fixed parameters, but how can I make this space better? How can I change it? How can I, you know, is it just color we're adding? Do we need to move a wall? Do we need to incorporate a closet to make that room bigger? Because you've got these limitations. I find that challenging and I really enjoy seeing the process from the before to the after. Well. I think this is going to be fun. I'm very excited to hear about some of your favorite or most unusual or most popular design elements that you might be putting in your projects this year. And I thought we'd start with the kitchen. I think most people spend most of their time in the kitchen. It's typically a family's gathering place. So what can we look forward to seeing in new kitchens in 2023? I think it's an interesting question because I think since covid I think people are getting even more into the kitchen. I mean, even if they weren't cooks, they've now become cooks. Mm-hmm. So I think there's just been a big explosion of new ideas and appliances. Very exciting. I mean, from the high end to the middle end, we've seen a resurgence. Well, there's always been gas cooking. It used to be you'd go to Sub-Zero just for the refrigeration. And then Wolf had ranges. Well, then they joined forces. One thing they didn't have was a dishwasher and they have the cove, which is amazing. It is a beautiful, well-functioning dishwasher. So they can, you know, do the whole suite. Plus they've now incorporated ice makers. Used to be, you would have to go to another vendor for your ice makers. So if you want the entire suite to be from the same Mm -hmm. vendor, you can do that. One of the latest trends I've been seeing 
are the mixed metals. For example, a lot of times you'll see you'd have stainless steel or black. And then remember years ago, they had white. And then they started bringing out like the higher end brands like Hornu would have all the colors. We did not go to KBiz, but I heard from someone who was just there recently and say, you're not seeing as much color. But the trend you're seeing is you can do a stainless, say, range like the Wolf. Then instead of their signature red knobs, you can do a stainless knob and then the bezel could be brass. Oh, I like that. It's really cool. And some of the brands are slower to come than others, but I'm really seeing some exciting things. So it's not, I mean, before you just kind of went, okay, it's utilitarian. It's there. We're going to use it. And then we're going to walk away. But it's really become so much part of the kitchen design, as well as I don't know if you've heard or seen the integral appliances, the ones that with panel fronts, they completely disappear into the cabinetry. No. I haven't seen them. It's very cool. You can do an entire wall of refrigeration and freezers. And it's only thing you notice is that there's a different type of pull to open it up. But you can really, so you have like an open concept and plan and it's part of your living area. You don't want it to be, you know, you just don't want to see these big, huge appliances. And so there's ways to integrate them into the cabinetry. I think that is beautiful and it gives us a lot more opportunity to design. What about induction cooktops? Are you using more of those? In high-rise living, yes. Aging in place, most definitely. And we're getting into more of our clients going to that final place to move. (laughs) And that's all they really will let you use are the induction. Because you hook those up with electricity, correct? You hook them up with electricity, but you're going to have the pot is magnetized. Then once it sits on the burner, the burner turns on. As soon as you move that pot over, it goes off. So there's no way to be able to leave it on if someone forgets, hey, I had a pot of boiling water or or just left it on. It's not going to happen. And it's very much of a safety issue. And it has improved so much over the years. The old induction or electric ranges were not very efficient. And I think what people complained about them most is that with gas, you can control the temperature so easily by turning it off. And the new induction, unlike the old electric ranges, are very quick to react also. So it has come a long way. We're also seeing it in some second homes. There's not always gas available in some more remote areas. And in high rises, people are are really enjoying the induction. I've had gas for a long time and I love to cook and I love to cook with gas. But I was recently at a friend's home and she had an induction cooktop and I asked her if I could play around with it. It heated a pot of boiling water in a minute. Right. And it was just like gas. You turn it to low, it goes to low. So that sold me on that. What about backsplashes and countertops? What are people using now? I think we're primarily using quartzite. Mm-hmm. Quartzite is a stone, it's a natural stone that's actually harder than granite. So it's really pretty much impervious. You can put a hot pot down there, you know, a hot cookie sheet and not worry about it. And then you can get the quartzite in polished, honed, 
or in some of them, leathered finish. And I found that the leathered finish is unbelievable. It doesn't show anything, which can be good or bad, but I think it's really a beautiful surface and so easy to take care of because so many times the polished counters show rings like a water ring. Right. You don't see that on the leathered. We still have clients that want to use Carrera marble and and white marbles for countertops. And we just explain they're going to live. They're going to stain. They're not going to always look the way they look when you install them. So there are a lot of clients that that accept that. Mm-hmm. In backsplashes, I find I am doing more slab backsplashes as opposed to tile, just for kind of the clean simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. There are still some wonderful tiles out there as well, but I, I find that just either carrying the countertop material up the backsplash to the bottom of the cabinets. Actually, one of the biggest trends that I think we're seeing in kitchens is the removal of upper cabinets. Kitchens, like Sarah was saying earlier, are so open to the living spaces now. And we find that people want them to look less and less like traditional kitchens. So we're doing drawers. There are inserts that you can do in drawers where you can store glassware, plates, bowls. You can basically store anything in drawers now. And the upper cabinets are being replaced by floating shelves for either more decorative items or for plates. There will always be one cabinet where all of the sippy cups and the ugly things go. (laughs) But I'd say that that's really a trend that we're seeing in kitchens. Well, I wanted to ask about cabinet colors too, and also color in general. I had seen on the website, Sarah, you had designed a laundry room that I loved. And I believe it was featured in Architectural Digest. The cupboards were bright red. It had whimsical wallpaper. And then Sandy, you had done a bright blue library and the wood was just a lovely shade of blue. Is that the trend for kitchen cupboards also and other rooms in general? For a while, it was all grays and neutrals and I love a pop of color. So I hope you say that that's a current trend. Well, it's interesting. I have a different feeling from kitchens to the, that was a utility room and it was a second home. And my philosophy is if you got to be in there, you might as well have a little bit of fun and have some interested <laughs> and not choose it as like an afterthought type of room where you're just like, oh, I've got to go do laundry. So why not be a little more playful? So in that particular laundry room, we did the red. She loves primary colors. She loves red. She loves strong blues. We did the red. And then we picked that colon sun wallpaper of the hot air balloons. It just made me laugh. And it had all her colors. And then we had the stone, natural stone countertops and stone floor. So I think it was particularly because it was a laundry room. I don't know if I could live with a red kitchen. That same house, there were stained cabinets. But I don't know. How do you feel about that, Sandy? Well, I think color is back in a really big way. I think, again, you know, COVID is hopefully in our rearview mirror, but I think it changed a lot of things about our lives. And I think it changed a lot of things about design. I was reading a 
a report recently about the dramatic increase in unhappiness that people are reporting after COVID. And it it was funny, they compared it to getting motion sickness in a car where everything outside is going by quickly, but you're sitting still. And during COVID, it was very much the same way. We were all sitting in our houses, but the things that we were exposed to digitally and and on the web were going by at a rapid pace. So there's this sort of disconnect that I think people are left with. And I really think that color is one of the things that we find comfort in. And I find I'm using color more and more. Sarah, we've done lots of blue kitchens. I do actually, I have done a red kitchen. It was a second home. So not someplace that you're in every day. But that blue study that you were talking about, Pam, we're finding more and more rooms just screaming for color and a deep, rich color. That particular room, the client had that beautiful Frankenthaler painting and it was on a white wall and it had so much white background in the piece of art that it was just sort of lost on the white wall. And when we put it on that dark blue wall, it just came alive. So I think there's so many things that you can do with color that really add to the design and really give a sense of just a warm, fuzzy feeling for people. Well, I've seen some pictures lately of bathrooms with lemon yellow tubs and pale green sinks and toilets of the same colors. And it's reminiscent of the 50s and quite honestly, what we ripped out many years ago when we moved into our Houston home. So is all that coming back? I've seen those same photos that you're referring to, Pam. And, you know, we kind of talk about that's not really shock value, but there are certainly things that are done for photography, for publication, to get some attention. So I certainly there is a, a huge resurgence of mid-century design, which I'm a big fan of. I haven't carried it into the bathroom yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's coming. What have you put in the bathrooms? Are steam showers or bidets or televisions built into mirrors big things? Bidets are, I feel like we take out so many bidets. <laughs> Space is at more of a premium these days, and there are certainly the the bidet features that you can have built into your everyday toilet, which a lot of people tend to opt for. But a separate bidet, we just are not doing that at all. The televisions and mirrors, I think people do like to listen to the news when they're getting dressed in the morning or maybe before they're going to bed at night. So we are seeing people wanting televisions in bathrooms and putting it behind the mirror, as long as you can access it from behind, can be a good solution. Steam showers are still very popular and you just have to design it where it can get ventilated to, you know, let the steam out. But those and then we just did a job recently where we had the body sprays. And it was very much of a, you know, she's tiny and he's tall. And so we had to do a his and her side. So they would hit them at the right point, but they love, love, love their shower. 
Now, what's a body spray, Sarah? There are those individual sprays that you mount in the wall of the shower. And a lot of times they come in, we do them in three. So you might have one hit mid-calf and one in the center and then one maybe at your back. And it's called a body spray. Okay. I said the equivalent of a car wash, but it's, you know, they've always been out there and I've stayed in one rental place, one that had them, and I wasn't quite sure how to use them, but I really got well-versed in this last project. And we actually had the consultant come from our plumbing supply to help locate exactly where they were going. And he didn't have to know their heights and who was whose side and so forth. But I think people are, you know, again, looking at their home as a staycation, as a retreat, as a, that's my quiet time. That's my time by myself. Or maybe it's the only time you see your spouse, you know, you're talking in the morning. And so you've got a two person shower, but it's become more and more popular. I like that idea. What about, and I'm not sure how to exactly put this, but the overall finishes that people are choosing to use throughout their home? Well, I find that people are, especially in our designs, we're using more earthy, textured. Sarah mentioned the leathered quartzite. We're using honed finishes, things that have sort of an aged patina over the cold, shiny, sterile, more metallic finishes. I think, again, since COVID, people are wanting that warmth and that comfort. So we're seeing more woods in trying to create sort of distinct individual spaces, maybe rather than years ago when we were trying to open everything up and making everything one big space. I think people are wanting that warmth and that coziness. Coziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And creating their own sort of personalized spaces. Sarah, if someone did not have the budget to renovate a bathroom or a kitchen or a living area, what would you suggest as a couple of easy updates? Paint. Paint. Paint can do the most amazing thing to a home. Also, just the freshness. I've seen some people come in and they've taken a, it's an older home. And I find this in some of our younger clients. They just want to paint it all white. And it does make it look fresh and open. And then your color can come in through your rugs and your art or your fabrics. But I think paint or whether it's a color. You know, if you wanted to do the red in your utility room or do blue cabinets in the kitchen, paint, I think, is a great way to spend your money. I think ceilings are so often overlooked. I think a lot of people, if you like the white walls, but you're feeling weary of just being in white boxes, painting the ceiling, leaving the walls white, but painting the ceiling a blue or a yellow or something that's very uplifting is a very inexpensive but fun way to add, simple way to add a a punch. I would have never thought of that. I love that idea. It's the fifth wall, the ceiling. I like that. Are people using carpet as much anymore or is it mainly surfaces and area rugs? I'm seeing more and more every space being a wood floor with an area rug. It seems like more and more people are allergic 
to dust and just having those clean surfaces throughout the house. I would say the majority of the houses that I'm doing, we do the wood floors throughout. That makes perfect sense. Are you two ever finished with your own home? You go and see all these ideas every single day. Are you always changing, always updating? I don't know about always. I just finished updating my family room, and that room gets used the most and the hardest. So it gets renovated often because of pets and just use. But it is hard, you know, I guess occasionally, but you kind of get tired. You want to come home. And you want your home to be your retreat and quietness. I don't think I could live with renovation all the time. Oh, I can understand that. Sandy, what style is your personal home? Are you traditional or modern? Oh, Pam, I think my house is much like my projects. It's eclectic. And I feel oftentimes like it's the shoemaker's children. Like (laughs) like Sarah said, when you do this all day, every day, It's just nice to come home to the calmness of the things that you love. So I'm sure I probably need to do a little updating around my house, but I do just find such comfort in, we have a saying at the office that good design is good design. So I like to think that when we moved into this house 10 years ago, that I was really thoughtful about all of the things that I put into it and the design that I did, which means I still love it today. So it's um, timeless. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I could talk to you all day, but it's time for one new thing. Sarah, I'll start with you. What new thing have you done or discovered lately that you'd like to share with listeners? Well, I thought long and hard about this one. You gave us a heads up of this question. But, okay, so my mother died about four years ago, and I have not, I don't know what it is, I just couldn't face it yet, I have not gone through her jewelry. So it made me really start going, okay, before I do that, I need to go through my jewelry. And I had all this great silver jewelry. So this is one of a hack that I learned a long time ago, but I started doing it. I've been doing it for the past month, cleaning my jewelry, cleaning hers, inventorying. But it's a way to clean silver jewelry where you're not just having the polishing cloth out the whole time and your hands start hurting. But you take a pan, like a just a Pyrex dish, and you put in foil and the shiny side up. You sprinkle in there the detergent, the old detergent granular tide. You put in water. You kind of swish it around with your silver jewelry, and it cleans it perfectly. Now, what kind of detergent did you say you used? Well, I used Tide. But it's the granular, not the liquid. So you could use any granular detergent. Right, any granular detergent. And you put your silver jewelry in there and you kind of swish it around and roll it in the foil. And I don't know if it's just the foil interacting with the detergent, but it just completely cleans and polishes your silver jewelry. Wow. And so now... I'm wearing jewelry I haven't worn in years because it's polished and I don't have to think about it in the morning like, oh, well, I'd like to wear those earrings, but where's the polishing cloth? And I've really started kind of, I'm going to have my daughter and my daughter-in-laws come over and we're going to start divvying things up because there's too much for one person to wear. Well, that's a great idea. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Sandy, that's a tough one to top. 
Well, <laughs> I'm so, it's not a competition. I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. What's well, your new thing, Sandy? It is. Well, I think mine is a new habit that I've formed. Everyone that knows me knows that televisions are a bit my design nemesis. <laughs> I'm not a fan of walking into a room and seeing a television because I think focal points should be art and beautiful things. And if a television's in the room, it begs to be turned on. And so what I have started doing, so you can't find a television in my house, but what I've started (laughs) doing, they're all hidden. (laughs) But so when I come in, I do like to have a little noise though. So I've just started coming in and turning on music and I can change the music by my mood. It can be classical. It can be rodeos going on in Houston. I guess we'll get into a little country Western maybe this week. And Enya is my absolute favorite. But I find that if I, when I walk in the door, if I just go ahead and turn on the music, that it relaxes me so much. And I'm so much more productive rather than sitting down and watching the news or getting into a movie. I just enjoy listening to the music and it just fills the house and seems to really relax and uplift me. So I love that. I am not a huge TV person. I like the TV on at night, you know, after dinner, we'll sit down and watch a show, but I'm not one of these people that likes the TV talking to me while I'm cooking dinner or doing anything, but I love the idea of music and I don't turn it on often enough. So thank you. Well, like I said, I could talk to you all day and I now want to go rip up my condo and start all over (laughs) (laughs) with some of the ideas you suggested. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, that's it for today's show. Thanks so much to Sandy and Sarah for joining me. You might also like episode three with Brooke Jones of the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation or episode five with Erica Owen, an Iceland enthusiast. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, I hope you'll listen to other episodes and spread the word about this new show. A huge thank you to Brian at Top Tier Audio for his advice and guidance. And thanks to you for tuning in. And remember, I'd love to hear from you if you discover a fun new thing. My email is pam at whoimettoday.com.